We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Morning. Hello. <laughs> Howdy. That was hello. <laughs> I was going to say something about your screaming ass headache. <laughs> I do have a screaming ass that headache. That was the so screaming stop. ass headache making its announcement this morning. Stop, yeah. God yeah. Damn. Yeah. Screaming at my screaming ass headache. I'm here. I have arrived. How are you guys this week? I'm good. I'm so much better this week. The past two weeks, I've had this low-grade nausea every single Mm -hmm. day. Roger's giving me side eye, like, you best not be pregnant. And I'm like, dude, it started when I was on my period. We're good. I didn't even think about that. Yep. Because, of course, I'm more sick in the morning, Mm -hmm. less sick at night, Mm -hmm. low-grade nausea the whole time. I'm sucking on potato chips. For the past two weeks, I've been basically sucking on potato chips and little bits of ginger ale and water and, like, acupressure points and shit. And finally, last night, I slept like the dead. Woke up this morning nice. like, I I want to eat all the things. So I've got the Cordy Bakery. <laughs> yeah. And they brought us donuts today, as you can hear. I haven't um, vomited um, them. And yep. I have every intention of going to Mona's over at uh, Markham and Shepherd there and get myself some roti afterwards. Hmm. Which might or might not be a good idea. Questioning the wisdom of this digestive <laughs> I plan. Like, I do on. have to drive all the way back to. You just put some glu- gluten and some sugar and some caffeine into you, and some dairy. And next and some dairy. And next up is some spice. Okay, okay. not yeah. any spice. Mm-hmm. Not just any spice either. Yeah. You're supposed to move from like <laughs> a slowly, bland diet, slowly ginger ale and toast uh-huh. into slightly more impressive proteins. Uh-huh. And then work your way up to roti. Okay, mm-hmm. roti is like next level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's top level. Mm-hmm. I just well, feel so desperate after like being, being so deprived. bland. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. L- we will have an know. update corner next week on whether the roti stayed in or not. <laughs> Somebody write that down so we remember to ask. So, what have you guys been up to since last week? I was at another birth. You had another. Another birth, yes. I think two, two we births were, in two weeks. Mm-hmm. My body's going. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I think we were, we were talking too about these births that have been happening lately. That there seems yes. to be some underlying necessity to be inducing women between thirty eight and thirty nine weeks. So mm-hmm. both yours were done mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. Mine, I have one coming up this weekend. That is thirty eight plus five. And um, I have one coming up in the next ten days also. And I didn't say this on the on our message thing. I have a postpartum client who is due on Saturday, and she's being induced on Sunday. I mean, she's 40 plus, plus one. one. Big deal. That's ridiculous. Um, normal, healthy, low risk, healthy, Not nothing. 40 years no, old. No just cause. issues. Just because. Yeah, because of something, but there's no health issues. That's what I know. What's peculiar, too, is we have, a like, there's a shortage of prostaglandin gel right now. So because too many women are getting confused. <laughs> Maybe that's why. So everyone's getting, they're using it all. Um, Foley's right now. Everyone's yeah, getting a Foley. Yeah, tons of Foley. Yes. Yeah, that's what that's both true. of these started as. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not the one. Um, because she was already five centimeters dilated. Well, yeah, she wouldn't. Foley wouldn't. The Foley would be like, I don't get that big. Mm. It is interesting, though. I, th- I think that that was a great example of the cervix not being a crystal ball. It doesn't matter if it's halfway open. Mm-hmm. If your body hasn't, if your baby hasn't triggered labor yet, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to do this. And I had mm-hmm. one of my VBAC clients a while ago 
She was 41 weeks, walking around five centimeter dilated for like three and a half weeks. Yep. But there was no labor. And um, she had been at 41 weeks, basically pushed into having her waters released. Said, well, you're five centimeters. We'll just release your waters. Get this party going. We'll have a baby in a couple hours. Two days later, she had a A couple of hours? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, please. And Who would even make that later, promise? There was a repeat cesarean. resident. Mm-hmm. Because it was... Um, yeah, two days two days later, after water's releasing and then moving to some sleep and then moving to some pitocin, the service was just like, "I'm no, sorry, I'm I wasn't goddamn ready. I'm not packed. <laughs> I what haven't the got hell? the memo that we're going on this trip yet, and it just wouldn't open past five to six centimeters. Lovely position, all of those things. It just was like, no, I I'm sorry, we're not ready for this. And so she had a repeat cesarean section. And uh, like the level of disappointment on her face because, you know, she'd been led to believe because her cervix was one particular dilation mm, mm-hmm. or as they said, oh, you're having progress. No, that, that's, no not that's not progress. progress. You're not in labor. So there's no such thing as progress if you're not in labor. There's some prep work that's happened. And this is how your body has prepped. It's yeah. sitting around at five centimeters. But it if happens. you're not in labor, you're not in labor. Anyhow, we're thankful that's for those things. That's the thing. If you're not in labor, you're, you're not, not in labor. labor. Um... So that's the, that's the issue I'm seeing is that it's being sold as, oh, you're making progress because your body's ready. But that doesn't mean anything. If you're not in labor, you're actually not ready. I just, I have a, I have a uh, blog post getting, uh, I think it's being released today on babygaga.com, I think. Um, Something uh, like that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's not .ca. I'm pretty sure it's .com. Babygaga.com. And they it's about inductions and basically the title is you know so you want an so you want an induction or something like that and here's what to expect because i think people think oh we're going to be induced on friday and in their head i'm having a baby, baby on friday that, that's and my what, doctor is no, on on friday my, my um my client the postpartum one who said she's getting who's having an induction on sunday she goes yeah we're going to get the induction on sunday and have baby on monday so she's trying to set up our first meeting and i was like okay let's just con- we'll just nelly let's yeah. just we'll wait just the expectations yeah. are are off it are could off. happen but it, it could. Well could it could however because I, I after we had that conversation on our our text our messaging chain i looked at my my clients for the year these are like birth and postpartum and counted so i was trying to just stick to the birth clients mm-hmm. but if i include the postpartum clients in there 10 out of well, I don't know how much, how many of them are here. Ballpark. Well, percentage-wise, fifty percent. Exactly, fifty fifty percent because there's twenty. Okay, so fifty percent of your clients were induced. Yeah. Um, so and I'm trying to, I can't obviously remember all of them in my head. I'd have to go through all my my records. I would say, off the top of my head, I can think of three that were medically appropriate. Yeah. Um, and the rest of them were convenience, dates, and also care provider insistence that it reduces the incidence of cesarean section. Now, I, I haven't gone back then and correlated it to, well, which ones of them. I know the very first one right at the top did end in a cesarean section. Yeah. And it was like two days of induction. Yes. And ending in a C-section. But I've, I've, I haven't done the correlation to that, but... That is the most I've ever had in any in any year. Yeah. Can we just go and back to that 39 you week guys thing? and you guys, you're both experiencing that too. Yeah. It is 
a pandemic. It, it is. is. So this this study that came out that was shot down, but they is still being study. quoted, is it compared 39 weeks of those women being induced, mm-hmm. those people being induced, to induction at 40 weeks and 41 weeks. Mm-hmm. And those others were not in the study in how those inductions related. It compared to all others, all yes. other inductions. That's why okay? I've always said it doesn't compare apples to apples. It does not because it, they didn't say, well, we're going to take a subset of this women and do some of them at 39 weeks, some of them at 40, and some of them at 41. We are only doing women at 39 weeks with these specific parameters, meaning no time frame, mm-hmm. no length of time, no no failure to progress where there has not been everything executed mm-hmm. um, other than fetal distress. Mm-hmm. Other than fetal distress. So there was no time limits, no rushing, no excessive vaginal exam. So the cesareans that were counted as being lower did not include ones that were for failure to progress? No, they did include ones that were failure to progress, but these were exhaustive. So a lot of places, the ones they were compared to at 40 weeks and 41 weeks were ones where there were, if your baby's not born in 24 hours, we do... A cesarean section. If we break your water, 24 hours after water's broken, even if baby is well, you are well, there's nothing else going on, we do a cesarean section. So they're comparing it to a completely different subset. And we have to understand, too, these are are Americans, right? Yes. Canada doesn't have those same... We can't we can't take what happens in the U.S. and equate it to Canada because we do things differently here. I mean, not vastly differently, but I think they're different enough where we do let women go past 24 hours with waters broken. Well, we, some hospitals, I don't want to say they, the hospitals don't. I'm saying there are some care providers who say once yeah, your water's released. Doctors. Yeah, they still, they, they, they put that in there. Well, you know, we start to see... Infection levels go up if yeah. we don't induce you right right away at 24 hours, mm-hmm. um, which is just, of course, not true. It's the, the infection levels are directly correlated to the amount of vaginal exams you've had. And I, and I have a, what I struggle with is that the people to whom this study speaks, meaning the medical profession, obstetricians and so on, are educated people. Mm-hmm. These are obstetricians. Mm-hmm. These are people Highly who educated. do this work Every single day, this is their life's work. Where within that community is this voice? That's yeah. This question. voice of reason. This yeah. voice saying, hey, when we look at this study, because isn't that the whole point? When, when a study comes up, does it not behoove the people to whom the study speaks? Does it not behoove them to sit and say, let's look at how the study has been designed. Let's look at the two study groups and the cohorts and all of, <clears throat> all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Because that will color how it's being received, how yes. it's being implemented, how it's going to be implemented, peer to peer review. But it doesn't right? seem to there doesn't seem to be any of that happening with this study. No. It's just a, a, like everybody just opened up their mouths and just swallowed it, yeah. and is now excessively pushing. I've heard doctors stand at the bedside and say, "Well, now you know there's a, there's been a study." They don't assume that clients know about this, but when they they know, what they do know is that when they, that person in authority, say, this is what I recommend and my recommendation is based on a study that I myself has, have personally vetted, they know that they're not going to get any pushback no, exactly. or any questions from the vast majority of their And yet when patients. I have when I have clients that I know sort of an induction is sort of probably on the horizon when we talk about, you know, if they've got gestational diabetes, if they're over the age of 35 and things like that. I will say your doctor may talk about something called the ARRIVE study. Here is the evidence-based birth information. Yes. Read this just so you understand that 
you know, this study, while a lot of doctors do, you know, refer to it, think it's the best thing ever, it again doesn't compare apples to apples. And with these last two inductions that I had, the unfortunate part is, is that they were both forcep deliveries. Mm-hmm. When was the last time I saw a forcep yeah. delivery? Yeah. Like 10 years ago? Yeah. And I had two of them in a row. Yes. That with, happened to me last year. Excessive, not this year, but With this. excessive bleeding, uh-huh. retained oh, yes. placenta. Yeah. Really bad, bad outcomes. outcomes. Yeah. I'm... Look, I'm literally at a point where I have two births coming up, and I'm pretty sure I'm not sure I'm how much farther into this I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Because if these three, I have three, if these births don't go well, you don't have the emotional. I don't the think I can anymore. do this anymore as a doula. Mm-hmm. I think the trauma of it all has gotten the best of me. Mm-hmm. And usually, I'm pretty good at you know just letting shit go, talking to you guys about it and whatnot, and moving on. I just can't see another mom almost die. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. In fact, the next birth that I do have coming up, that's what happened in her first birth. And now she's oh. having now she's having a home water birth. Because mm. she needs it to be that far. Her first different. one where she almost died was a home birth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then hospital. Now this one's going to be home water birth with different midwives. But I'm like... I'm so excited to go, but there's, because of these last two births, mm-hmm. there's that inkling part of me going, ah, don't go. Don't go. Just don't go. Just don't go. Just give them back their money. Just don't go. But I can't. Like, I love this person, and I, I've yeah. been there for the birth of her other two children, and she's an amazing, amazing human, and I just can't not be there. Yeah. Even though if something goes wrong... I'm pretty sure my heart is, I, I will be done. And I, I hope you guys have room in your calendars for two, for two other births because I'm not going to be able to, to handle the rest. And sort of that's a kind of a, a good segue into our topic that we're talking about community week, which is about dual community. And what do you do when you just can't go to that birth? And what do you do when you're feeling wrung out and burnt out? Who do you talk to? Where do you go to fill yourself up to to be renewed? And I'm not just talking about your family. Last week yeah, we yeah. talked we about, talk about family going home and you. have your fa- your husband play with your hair. We talked about the, the fabulous Roger <laughs> and all the other things we do for ourselves. Who apparently listens to us now. Yay, Roger! So he listens to us. This is his this is his filling his cup but he didn't time. Tell we're, me yeah. we're always like boosting up Roger. So <laughs> Roger, Roger's there. driving to work with a puffed up chest going. This is me. Everybody loves me. me. Everybody (laughs) loves me. Um, But we're talking about amongst doulas. How does that, um, how do we support each other? What do we need from the doula community? What's it like working in isolation versus working within a good supportive system? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to talk about today. Well, but wait, wait, before we get to that, do we want to do our new doula hat corner? Do we have a doula? Well, I was going to save some of that for the new season oh, oh, of, that's right. of you Pragmatic that. Doulas. Because yes. guess what? We're almost at the end of this year. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, look at your calendar. This you will see. episode number 48. You will see that we're almost the end of 2019. Dun, dun, yep. dun. And our first episode aired January 7th, I believe The first it was. week of January. First and full week of January. Yes. 
So we're gonna have our new season soon. Okay, so we're gonna save that. Yeah. I think All right. Listen, so there's keep big things, listening. Big things coming. Yeah. Keep listening, people. Um. Yeah. So dualism community. This week, a couple of days ago, I had a meeting at my house, um, with a bunch of doulas that live in Toronto. That I actually went to. I yes. almost fell over when Kim said, "I'm coming." I could hear her. No, you, she, it was you, a text. You probably it was a was text, like, but I was like, "Mm-hmm." Yep. <laughs> I could hear her. If she had said it, she would have said, "I'm coming. I'll bring some fruit. I'm gonna be a little bit late, but I'll be there." That's how you would have. That's how her voice would have sounded, <laughs> and I appreciated it very much. Because I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Nearly turned around. Fifteen minutes in, I almost walked in, <laughs> but I couldn't find a good segue to go. Oh, you know what? Gotta go. Sorry. Look at the time. Yeah, like, are one of my kids gonna freaking text me so I can get out of here? <laughs> you need to make those plans in advance. You can't just expect shit to just happen. Will, can you call me at eleven <laughs> fifteen? Yeah, I'm not the only one who's done that, right? Like fake, fake an excuse. Go to something you don't. Not want to a duel. No, I, I've I've done it on blind dates. Yes. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Another social event where you arrange yeah. for someone to get. But you never out of usually. It. Not usually like at gatherings and stuff because i'm a i'm a i love that shit so yeah. I, I stay to the bitter end you too you stay to the bitter end i did stay to the bitter end yes i'm the again i'm good at socializing outside of my house i go out to socialize yeah, but no, my I, house I is not for socializing it. i love all of it yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you did very well and who was it who brought those awesome protein balls that was, was Allison. The, Allison. Yeah. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. those were good. I, I could have just one. No, no, I could have just sat in front of those things and ate them. So that's something that's I had that wasn't healthy. potato chips. I ate those, and I had a piece of your Christmas cake that stayed down. I sort of got it. Was like five dollar Christmas cake from No Frills. Oh, <laughs> my mother in law makes really good Christmas. Does cake. she put rum in it? Like I swear, my Grammy's it's very was... moist and it doesn't taste shitty. It's mm. like, it's white cake too. Like it's not. It's not dark cake. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's my grandmother's really is dark good. because there was so much rum in it. No, no. She it's, <laughs> she does it really well, actually. Well, I'm from the Caribbean, so let me tell you about our Christmas cake. <laughs> I know about your Christmas cake. <laughs> we really need to get back to what we're supposed to be talking about. Right after Christmas, your mother gets a big old jar, and she <laughs> reef, whatever fruit that she didn't, a fruit in quotes, raisins, currants, you know, mixed peel, all that stuff goes in there. And then you glug, 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 a bottle of white rum, maybe some port, maybe some brandy. Everybody's got their diff, their own Thing, special stuff. combination. You put the lid on, and that sits there until next Christmas. And the raisins get as fat as grapes. Like they look like they're so full of alcohol that they look like they're gonna burst. And then you bake it. The alcohol in there bakes out from yeah. the, the heat. But then, if you're traditional. The cake comes out, and then you, <laughs> and you pour, pour the rum, rum over it, yeah. and you wrap it up, and it sits till oh, Christmas shit. Day. Yeah, and then it's thick and heavy. So when you eat that shit, you could you could practically <laughs> see <laughs> the alcohol vapors coming off of it. And if you need your nose cleared, you can just smell it. We're That'll good. take care of everything for you. <laughs> that's so that's yeah, that's so. Uh, you didn't know that you would get recipes. <laughs> recipes. This, let me tell you. Yes. Too. Yeah, rum cake, but it came from Britain. It came from. It came from that. I think Queen Victoria or some Probably. one of those people did something like that, and that's where the, all of that, that. And wedding too. Weddings too. That's the base for wedding cakes mm-hmm. too. In, yes, in Jamaica. So yeah. Well, traditional there wedding cakes are supposed to be fruit cake, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. I love it so much. And it's only good for putting under your pillow and dreaming of who you're going to love and spend the rest what? of your life with. Oh, that's yeah, a that, thing. That's the thing. When oh. you get a piece of wedding cake at a 
that you take oh. home. That, that you take home, you put it under your pillow at night, and you'll dream of who you're going to marry. And, uh, okay. So much bullshit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Love that was sucks. sidebar. So Christmas huh? cake sidebar. Christmas I just realized sidebar. I never sent any wedding cake home with anybody. We our wedding cake you just was ate the, it all yourself. You it took it was, home and just like ate it. Actually, we had a food fight at my wedding reception with it. My brother-in-law. Why and I. am I not surprised? Um, and it was our wedding cake was the uh, what do you call that thing? The Stanley Cup. We had a Stanley Cup made for our uh, wedding cake. What out of cake. What? And yeah. we gave our wedding party hockey jerseys. Oh. Yeah. And then okay. my, who was super ho- into hockey? Roger. Yeah, Roger, his family, his guys. Always into hockey, and uh, we figured it was the only way that the uh, Stanley Cup was ever coming back to Toronto. So we had it made. <laughs> oh my God. Poor Maple Leafs. Um, okay. Right. Where were we? Doula community? Doula there we community. Go. This is what we were talking Sorry. about. Get back to it. Sorry. Your you came house. here for doula talk. You Now, now we're ready. Yeah, now we're ready. <laughs> uh, doulas. So we were talking about that, and that was one of the questions we talked about at um, at that gathering was what do you need from the doula community or what would you like the doula community to do for you? But I, you know what I really liked is we had such a variety of like new doulas through mm-hmm. experienced doulas. And I went home from that thinking so much, again, so much is online right now, mm-hmm. but, and we see so many questions like, what do you do for daycare? What do you do for backup? What do you do for this? What do you do for that? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to asking what do other people do, I was thinking maybe some doulas could who are newer or even experienced and still aren't feeling like they have a kind of a spot yet in a doula community is to write down what you need. Do you need a group of doulas who share childcare, who maybe share a meal train each week? Like write down your ideal because mm-hmm. everyone's at a different place. Our children are grown. Yeah. You know, we don't need daycare anymore so what we would write down would look completely different Mm -hmm. um also what we would write down might be able to support someone who still needs child care but or not maybe that's not what you're interested in because you're now expanding your services into other things and so Mm -hmm. it's not supportive any longer Mm -hmm. but i'd suggest you literally write down what do i need Mm -hmm. in a community for it to feel like a supportive community Mm -hmm. and then in your community put that out there and say hey doulas in my community this is what i'm looking for anybody else looking for the same thing want to hook up want to get together i think sometimes we think we can doula in a vacuum but you can't you can't do this by yourself it's It's, too hard it's soul crushing it's body breaking it's marriage destroying it's all kinds of things uh things work so much better when we are interdependent on each other and there's a lot to be said for just putting it out there this is what i need yeah, who is there anybody out there who can give me a hand? I've actually often thought about doing that. Like I have a really big extended family and we're pretty close knit and then a bunch of us have a book club together. And then one time um, a couple of years ago when I was going through a really hard thing with one of my kids and I was just being crushed under the stress. Mm-hmm. So, I just reached out to like my sister and my cousin and said, "Can everybody just come over? I need help with something." So they all came. Nobody would say no. Mm-hmm. They all came. And just simply saying, this is what's, like, I am being killed under this. And uh, the guilt, the shame, the fear, the worry. And just saying it out loud to people who I know care about me was such a big help. And then we went around and everybody else was also going through stuff that they were trying to manage on their own. Mm-hmm. And so I came up with this idea. I didn't really put it out there. But like a meal train, you know, you when somebody's 
had surgery, had a baby, gone through something or whatever, all of the friends of that person take turns bringing food to their house, like mm-hmm. a meal train. What if we just had a place, a forum, within our families, within our communities, within doula communities, whatever, where you just simply said, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And it's your own personal needs. Different from on the professional doula groups where people are like, I'm searching for a physiotherapist in this Mm -hmm. part of the city or whatever. Not that kind of stuff. But stuff specifically for you and your doula needs. How about if we just said it? And then the people who are in that group, everybody commits to really looking at those things and pitching in when they can. If somebody says, I'm going to need childcare next week for this many hours on this day, hopefully somebody will say, I can do that. Just say what you need. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be a really good model if it's done in a formally structured way. That's what I want to do. I just haven't started it yet in, in my own like family community. Right. But why wouldn't that work? Just say what you need. Say it. I know. I mean, why I think we're so work? used to suffering in <laughs> Why silence. wouldn't it work? Why not? Am I being idealistic? <laughs> no, you're not being idealistic. It's that just two weeks ago, I think we were talking about you recognizing that you don't do that, Suzanne. Get that out of here. think about that? it. Who said that? That you don't. Kim said that. It was me. You reach out to make sure everyone else is okay, but it's like pulling teeth for you to say out loud, mm. I need help with this. Or this is a this is really hard for me. But it's really cool that even in the past two weeks, it's gone from that to what an ideal world what if we idea? just said and, this and, out and loud. Now that you're saying that, I'm thinking it would be really good because I'm thinking of everybody else doing it, not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily me doing it. <laughs> and I always think of other people. I am a certain level of that, but you are a next level. Oh, of I, that. I am. And awful my sister at it. is. The queen. I don't even want to ask not people to be help. back up for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But th- th- that's the kind of thing that I, that, but yes, I do hold that as an ideal. Whereas like people like my sister do not hold that as an ideal. Like thinks the world would be better if we all could take care of our own shit on our own and just suck it up and be tough and just do it. <laughs> I absolutely know that that's impossible. And I know that, that that's not I'm currently driving my for. uncle's car, and if I didn't have that car, I would be going nowhere. God, my car is a piece Uncle of Harry. shit. Yeah. And asking for that car took from a, a man who doesn't even drive anymore, <laughs> where this car is just sitting there yeah. doing nothing. You're doing the car a favor by driving it. <laughs> that asking to do that so I could function as a mom and a doula and go to work and all of that was a, was horrifying for me. Yes. That yeah. I have this idea, especially, you know, when my when my separation came and I was suddenly now, in essence, in my own mind, that I was alone um, and I didn't have help, that I had to basically step up and be all things to mm-hmm. all people. Mm-hmm. And I had to do that on my own. Mm-hmm. And having to ask for help... <laughs> Lord, so fucking yes. thing yeah, yeah. for me. Yeah, your tongue gets all tied up in your mouth. I literally <laughs> almost vomit. <laughs> a little dry heaving. Having there. to worry last weekend or that you might have to come in and teach that class mm-hmm. made you almost feel like you wanted to throw up. I know. Yes. Even though I said it's not a big deal. Thinking like about it now, thing. I'm feeling a very, very a visceral, a visceral reaction. Yes, an actual yeah. physical reaction. Yeah, with to my sister for help, and I will tell the story because she doesn't listen to this podcast because she's the worst <laughs> sister in the world. 
<laughs> Not but, worse than mine. But um, when she had her sister. C-section. Yeah. You are vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> you need help. You just had major surgery and you have to take care of a baby. My sister, twice, <laughs> she did this twice. She went to the bathroom and she couldn't get up off the toilet. Yes. <laughs> I've experienced Because it hurt too much. Yeah. To, and she kept trying. She sat in that bathroom crying <laughs> and crying oh, and no. trying and trying until she gave up and called my mom to help her. Same thing when she couldn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. She couldn't because you got to roll over. You need your abdominal muscles to like heave yourself up out of the bed and get up. Yep. She lay in that bed again for half an hour, 40 minutes or whatever, crying and cursing and crying and cursing because she could not do it. When the doctor said to her the most horrifying suggestion, they said, you can't drive for four weeks. She said, what the fuck? That's stupid. <laughs> Bullshit. You watch me. I have things to do. Who's, who's going to drive and do my life if I can't drive and do my life? And I'm like, but you have people who will do that. Nope. Nope. But I look, don't know how early she was. She's behind the wheel driving her car because she refused to Look ask who she help. called to get off the toilet. Her mom. mom. I will call my mom yeah. any day, yeah. any time of day, you name it. I will call that woman. I will impose myself on her even though I it. know there are times when she's like, why the fuck is she calling me? <laughs> I get it. I love my mom. Yeah. I don't think she appreciates helping me quite so much. But anybody else? Yeah. Nope. No, they're not on that list. Nope, no, I don't have a list. That's very relatable. There the is whole being no on the C-section after C-section, being on the toilet, being in bed. I just lay there until Roger come and find me, and he's like, "Why didn't you just call me?" I'm like, "The fuck? Because I should be able to do this myself." Yeah, <laughs> I need help getting up off the toilet. Like, how dehumanizing <laughs> is that? But I don't think I would have a problem with that. I should not have had a problem with that. I should but, not. Yeah, I'm but saying that, just, but I, I don't no know because I've, I've never been in the situation, so I don't know. I might. Yeah, no. I might have had a hard time with it, but I mean, I did, my mom, I did send my mom home at five days postpartum with five children in the house, and she, she was coming every day, and I told her she didn't have to come anymore. Wrong. Which, it was a mistake. It definitely <laughs> was a mistake because I almost fell apart, um, but... But that's what I mean. We need to get over ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we need to make something new because what we're doing is not working. No. And even when it's hard in our personal lives to do that, to rely on our, our relatives, our neighbors, our whatever, within the doula world, we got to figure out how to do this better. And, then there's, do. and I think, so we were talking about this earlier. I think part of the issue is that a lot of times now, the support that you get, the support that you seek out especially for newer doulas, the support that you're seeking out is online. It's social media. Mm -hmm. It's on Facebook groups Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I really don't feel that there is support, decent support from anonymous, faceless names on a Facebook page. Because too many times we've seen, and we've talked about this in the past, too many times it's not support you're getting. It's shit and abuse is what you're getting. And with the odd little sprinkling of support from somebody, but that is overshadowed by being told you're doing this wrong, you should be doing it this way, blah, 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 don't do this, don't do that. When in reality, what we really need to be asking is, okay, 
like you said, okay, doula who has these questions, how can I help you? What do you need? What kind of questions can I answer for you? I know you've given us a little bit of information. For me to answer this question appropriately for you, I need to ask you a few more questions. Mm -hmm. So here's what I have. But instead it's like, you shouldn't be doing that. That's out of scope. Da -da -da -da. You're awful doula. Who trained you? All this bullshit. That's not support. And what yeah. that's going to do is actually drive really good newer doulas who are maybe on their own out of oh, the business. Yeah, because, it, because the, the <clears throat> flavor that, uh, that they're getting from online yeah. is not supportive. It's not comforting. So I think it was great. You know, I so Toronto has these, you know, monthly meetups and whatnot, and I've never been to one. The one on yeah. Wednesday was the first one I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, me too. But I don't like going downtown if I don't actually have to, unless I'm getting paid for it. Did you used um, to go to the doula care meetings? Yes, yeah. I did. And okay. actually, that's how, so the doula care meetings, I actually, I think that's where I met you. Was that where I met you? Mm -mm. But it was from doula care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's how I you know, even got a few jobs. Like, that's how I got a little bit of referrals and whatnot um, from other doulas. So in that case, actually creating for yourself. So Toronto has a group of doulas that meet. Doula Care or the Association of Ontario Doulas has never been able to replicate this. They haven't been able to replicate it in other areas. We used to have monthly meetups that really, like, two people showed up and everybody went, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. But... I think you within your community, if, even if you're a new doula, if this is something that you need, start it. Start it. That's start what start it. Doing Do it. it. Say and, it. Yeah. Yeah. And say, hey, you know what? Out there for those in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and we're going to be meeting at this time, blah, blah, blah. Come on down and meet. And you might get, you might start with one, you might start with two, you might start with three, but then hopefully the more doulas that come, then, then you create your community. Like, mm -hmm. I think in this instantaneous world that we have, you're not going to get, you know, 10, 15 doulas showing up all at once. But over time, you're going to get and you're going to know and you're going to say, hey, you know what? I met you at that meeting. I need a backup for X, Y, Z. We really clicked. Do you think Can you could help the, me yes. out? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, New. You're crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to be your backup. <laughs> but, you know, you get to at least know. Get the flavor. You'll get the, the flavor of who's in your community, too. And then end up getting that support. So when I had that one birth that was a, uh, a birth loss, I had, because I had been to these meetings, I had actually seen... Um, people who reached out to me afterwards because they had met me only briefly but they had met me and that was that support was invaluable mm -hmm. so you got to get out there and do yeah. it i think that people that social media has brainwashed us to believe that that's all we need that i yes. belong to three doula groups online doesn't matter yeah. yes. and it we're not wiping it out this is a no, this no, is a it, it's a valid thing. It is. It has its place, but it is not. It's not the. It's not the answer to that, core. that real person-to-person -person connection and support where you can rely on people. No, because it's you a tool. can't. You can post something on your local doula group, your national doula group, or an international doula group, and whoever's there is there. You can't count on somebody being there, which is the difference between that and making a real connection with a real person to say, I need support with this situation. And having that person say, I will support you 
in that situation. That's the difference. And we're brainwashed into thinking that that's all we need. And it's, we, it's more than that. It is way more than that. And we need to get comfortable again with exactly what you said, Kim, reaching out to people. When I wanted to do um, a new doula meeting, because I'm trying mm-hmm. to get this doula mentorship program off the ground, I wanted to have a gathering at my house for new doulas just to feel out and see what their issues were and so on. Um, do you think posting it, just posting it randomly on something was enough? I actually emailed, messaged people individually and said to them, hey, this." and I know that they had been following me, so they had sort of a little glimpse of who I was. I reached out to people specifically and asked them to come to the meeting, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of them, and then maybe half of them came. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do, and people have to get comfortable once Showing again, up. being face-to-face with people, looking them in the face and using real words and real voices and connecting with people that way because we're losing that art. Yes. We you really are. being are. vulnerable. It's like even just showing up right now is vulnerable. You don't even have to say shit, but showing yeah. up face-to-face I think feels really vulnerable, particularly particularly for some of our younger doulas. Yeah. And I don't mean young in your career. I literally mean younger doulas where in this age. has been their norm yeah. For, for a longer period yes. of time, yeah, the online yeah. presence. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for the online presence. Like I, I can't tell you how many of the parents I've worked with yeah. who are at home and feeling isolated, who are so used to having an active social circle, and their social circle doesn't necessarily know that social also means coming over to the house, not just meeting, or at, meeting the at the park. Or meeting at the park. Or, or, or a mom going group, together or going to a coffee. delivery group together, yeah. or whatever, the kind of stuff we did in the olden days. And so social media, or not even social media, even just the simple act of texting can sometimes feel like connection for someone who's stuck at home um, mm-hmm. with their friends and stuff. Otherwise, the alternative was, is no connect, no contact mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Which is impossible. Which you, is do, in- you do what you can, but let us not fool ourselves into thinking that being on social media groups, whether it be on Facebook or whatever else is out there, because I can't keep up with all the forums. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not fool ourselves into thinking that that's, that's going to fill all, all the needs we have. Um, human connection is much more than that. I mean, I find that the, the doula groups and forums, a lot of the times, if you read with a discerning eye and, then, and, and, a, and a mind that will say, mm, that's it, that's enough, and mm-hmm. get off, they're a great place for information. Yes, you can put a question out there. good source for learning. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot of stuff reading about other people's questions and what would you do if, and I have this situation, and there, there, let's say there's 100 comments, 20 of them are going to be shitty mm-hmm. and mean. You need to be able to go Scroll through past. those yeah. and take out the bits that you feel like apply. But that's not support. That's not connection. No, no. That's information. Yes. And it's information. It's information sharing. Yes. Which is good. Very good and has its place. And I don't think those forums should not exist. But I think we need to realize that we need more than that. And there's questions that are just much more applicable at a local level. When you have doulas from your community in your house or at the coffee shop, you're going to talk about things that are really impacting your area or how you practice in an area. Mm -hmm. Because even those things will change across a space. How, everything from how much you're charging to what you offer, what you don't offer, scope of practice, what all of those things change really based on where you are locally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, expectations of you, um, what you expect, how you want to practice change based on where you are. So that's why it's as important for us to swing this pendulum back mm-hmm. to not, it doesn't matter that you're on 50 national forums. 
get on one or two locals mm-hmm. and yeah. then and then meet these people and then meet open these yourself people. Go up to coffee and it does mean that you've got to be a little bit vulnerable about yourself because you your face has to be in front of somebody else's face too that that's yeah. the only way that it that's the only way that it works so that's my ideal i would love to have so here's a Here's the thing about being an experienced doula. Say I, it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I, I, I went through this when we were homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So we homeschooled for, oh, Jesus, a long, long time. <laughs> like, a lifetime, you could many, say. Many, many years. Christopher was, so say from like 1994, yeah, from 1994 till maybe like 2012. So Holy I have five shit. kids. Yeah. So all my kids until my last kid um, went to high school. So we homeschooled for a long time. When I first started homeschooling, I had a lot of questions, mm-hmm. and I was in, in need, intensely in need of support. There were not a lot of homeschoolers in in Toronto, especially out in Scarborough. So we used to like go all the way downtown, go to the West End all the time. So that's where I got. I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. To find that's where a lot of the homeschoolers were downtown and so on. And I had a lot of questions about, well, how do you do it? How do you do it? What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Did you read this book? Have you heard about this magazine or this conference and so on? Lots of information sharing, lots of support, and then. As the years went by and the decades went by, <laughs> I became the person at the groups that was answering those questions for the people who were new to homeschooling. Eventually, I started getting burnt out mm-hmm. because I was still doing it. I was still homeschooling, just like I'm still doing doula work now, but I'm starting to realize that again. Oh, I, me and maybe a few other people are the only ones who have been doing this for a long time. Yes. And who do it exclusively. Like, yes. This is it. This is yeah. all I do. Birth work is all I do. And so people come to these gatherings and I feel like it's my responsibility to share what I know, which I do. And I do it happily. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to feel like I need to have a group with just seasoned doulas. Yes. So that we I think can speak that's about where that. I felt almost a little bit out of place because yeah. at that meeting on Wednesday... It was really just the three of us. Well, maybe Allison, um, but everybody else was brand brand new. new. Like spanking brand new. Yeah, and I was like, uh, And it's fantastic. Those new doulas are coming out there. And they are finding, and I'm happy to do it. Absolutely. But at the same time, I think I also need a a place where it's just the old gals. Yeah. (laughs) The old doula broads. The old crones. Yeah. Sitting around talking. A lot of that, when old people get together, we do a lot of reminiscing about how things do you used remember, to work. Do you remember when? Back in the day. <laughs> help me up. My hip is out. <laughs> That's right. We'll and we nearly did. I nearly had to get Kim to help me up, but I was trying to stand up at the dog the I know. I was like, are you okay? <laughs> um, that I'm, tr- I'm, I'm feeling that that's also a component of support that I need too. Yeah. The same as all doulas need support after birth, support with backup, support with childcare, especially newer doulas yeah. uh, with young children and so on, um, um, how to handle certain client situations, blah, blah, blah. We still all need that. But as a, a veteran doula, I'm starting to feel like I need a veteran's doula group yeah something yeah. and i think that the younger doulas need to do the same thing sometimes our yeah, for their we, own. we're coming from a different time and a different yes. space from when we yeah, started say don't ask me about you know software programs use paper that's right. paper <laughs> you can always rely on paper 
So I'd love to hear about these younger doulas, younger in their life, yeah. younger, younger in their career, also getting together. They've got everything on their tablets and all of that. I love that. I want to come to them to show show me how you do that. Yes. Let me get my greeters on. <laughs> <laughs> how do you do that? You know. So they. So each group, each generation, let's say, has its own unique needs mm-hmm. and i think that we can best serve each other by getting together individually like new doulas on their own mm-hmm. uh seasoned doulas on their own and then mixed groups also so i think we each have the need to help each other and learn from each other and at the same time be by ourselves mm-hmm. and that's okay mm-hmm. yeah that's okay we there's no need to apologize for that or feel bad no for it because not. every demographic has its own unique needs yes so, so you saying that having the mixed group the other day made you re- kind of gave you some clarity on the thing that you need in a yeah. group just for yourself. Yes. Yeah. So if you, let's say we were looking at a group of just the seasoned doulas and we mixed that with your idea of here is what I need. What would you put out in that group? Here's what, what I need. Again, I so when we started, you yeah. said that we were talking about having a community where you just put out, hey, I need childcare on these three days. Hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. If we created a veterans group of doulas, career mm-hmm. doulas, um, where we put out, here is what I need. Obviously, most of us don't need childcare. You know, what mm-hmm. would that look like? What would your list What would your list hold? look like? What would your request oh, look like? Oh, um, for what you would need. Do, you know, discussions and support around doulaing as a, a divorced single mother of adult children. <laughs> How specific is that? That's pretty specific. But, but I think there are, I don't think that we are so unique. No, so in a group not. of three, we we make up two-thirds of this group. Yeah. <laughs> Divorced, mm-hmm. single um, people of grown, with older grown up with older children. Doulaing with older children and now, and doulaing going through menopause. What's that like? Dealing with your... <laughs> hot repro- flash. Yeah. Hot flashes. Well, and issues our, facing the end... bones. Facing and... the end of my reproductive life. That is all of us here. Yeah. Maybe in different ways. Us through menopause and you through... Well, menopause is gonna you're younger it's than coming. me but you're not yeah you're not that much younger than us because it's it's over there yeah. so even if you didn't have other issues it would be coming too so that's another thing and how my body feels as an older doula going to births and standing up and talking to people all day and the feeling and the confidence i have about my body image and my face and my and being thought of as my client's parents now. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Th- that's a right. unusual and a normal Ten years thing ago, now. I was still getting, I was, I was getting, getting that. Sister. <laughs> I was getting the sister. No, I was getting the like, mother at the, the age of 40. Are you the auntie or the mom? I'm like, yeah, I'm, it started. <laughs> yeah. She's two years younger than me. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. What the heck? Excuse me? And <laughs> so there's lots. Should I go on? There's yeah. all those sorts of things too. Now that my children are older, I have way more time to focus on my work. What does that look like compared to how it looked like before? Well, and I think that's on Wednesday. I think that's almost kind of how I felt. I couldn't relate to what was happening in that group. To what the people were. To the people that were there and the toddlers that were running around. Like, I'm like, oh, dog. Yes, let's get the dog. But everything else was like, I don't know it's like how a different time to, frame. I don't yes. know how to be involved in this conversation because even when I had little kids, I had support. I had people that looked after my kids. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't have done this if I hadn't had that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I understand where I, I can't even understand where they're coming from. That was my problem. Um, so I sat and I listened and that, you know, when you went around, you're like, okay, what, you know, what do you need for support? I'm like, I, 
I got nothing to add here, so let's just <laughs> move on to Allison because I really can't say words at this point. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here with the dog. Yeah, I'm just going to hold your dog. So I feel like I have a lot to say and help with <clears throat> new doulas, but I'm feeling like I need the other doulas. I felt a much closer connection to Allison, personal connection to Allison, because she. it seems like she's in that same and I loved how vulnerable she was, too. Like, we had the vulnerability of the newer doulas yes. about their challenges. And I loved that even the, the seasoned doulas of us were yes. also, we didn't try and act like we knew everything. Yes. We all said, man, here's the vulnerability I'm having right now. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm working through. Here's how I'm addressing that. And it's fine because it happens in every community. When I was a La Leche League leader, obviously the regular La Leche League meetings were for the moms who came with their babies Mm -hmm. and people who were pregnant and they came with questions about breastfeeding and our job as leaders was to give that information and share that information and and support but you know what was my favorite favorite was our leader planning meetings Mm -hmm. where the leaders got together to plan our series of meetings and then our we had something called chapter meetings in toronto where all the toronto doula La Leche League. When all the Toronto La Leche League leaders got together just to talk about, there was always just a topic. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about, so it was maybe um, uh, the dynamics between you and your co-leaders or how to fundraise money or whatever. But it was us. It was that specific and unique cohort, that pe- those people, so that we could then go back and support the people who the organization was meant to support. So support people also need support. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs support. Whatever your role in role is in the supply in the support supply chain, mm-hmm. y- you've got to have somebody who has your back, and they have to have somebody who has their back, mm-hmm. and so on. And that is what I respected so much about La Leche League as an organization, is because that was built in. The moms who came had support. The leaders had support. The people who supported the leaders had support, and so on, and so mm-hmm. on. Nobody operated alone. No. Nobody. And it grew and it thrived. It's been thriving that way for more than 60 years. Yeah. And and um, as a, an almost all-female organization, that's impressive. Yes. Totally impressive. And, and that's what I'm feeling like I'm missing because there isn't that kind of organized structure in the doula world. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling like. We're just out there. We've got to create it. We're going yeah. to have to. We well, have to create to, it. It has to come from the ground up mm-hmm. because, I mean, it certainly can't. As I say, with the AOD, we've tried for a decade to try and create, you know, groups and meetings and thing, in-person meetings and things like that, and they have not been received. So it has to go the other way. It can't come from the top down. It has to come from the bottom up. And I think that it can come from the top down, but you guys need to change your tactics. Yeah. That, well, that's what well, it is, right? We have to identify it. We have to identify what is missing that is the need so we can apply it so we can create not just welcoming but engagement but here how can we serve you how can we support you how can yes. we and or how can we just connect with you like that's that's it right it's or how i think again where the pendulum has swung so far it in addition to the message the the social media part of it they're stuck over here with all I need is social media, but boy, and do I feel fucking true. empty. Yes, and it, yeah. it has to swing back now. And yeah. this is this is actually um, the call that we were on yesterday was this pendulum is swinging back. We're seeing people itching at that 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 scab, saying there's something I need and I don't know what's under here and it's it's raw and I need it. I need to fix it. We have to understand what that is so that we can service it, so that we can attend. One hundred percent, because there were nine people at that meeting at my house on. Tuesday. Tuesday, and 
how many more people were at the AGM. Mm-hmm. How many more? Not very many more. If you didn't, if you if you kept the the board members who had to be there out, right? Yeah. Not very many. And this is a provincial organization. What did that Toronto doula, Toronto professional birth workers do to get those nine people there? What did they do? What did I do as the host to get those nine people there? Not a lot. Not a lot. And I, it, it was didn't like even have to be a topic. Couple days before, I scrambled around and said, "Well, maybe I better have like people more. Nobody's going to show up." And I really thought nobody was going to show up until people eventually showed up. Well, there were so many. I can't come. I can't come. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, yeah, anybody nobody's going to come. There? But those were, pe- and that actually is encouraging because those are people who really wanted to come. Who yeah, were encouraged to come, but through life circumstances or whatever, couldn't come. So it could have been even bigger. So absolutely, the AOD has the power to do, say, three small things, and you would see a bigger, yeah, and we've talked about it before. Because as a Durham rep, I always had a full house of of doulas, and often it was, like, we'd come with some sort of a topic or whatever, and all that ended up happening is we would all just chat about our most recent births while our kids Mm -hmm. ran around Mm -hmm. and harassed each other, and I know some people couldn't come because I have dogs, and that's an allergy and stuff like that, but it's still, I'll open my home. For all the doulas who can come. And we actually had more people when we did it in someone's home than we had it when we had a third-party place. If I oh, arranged... Yeah. So there was more than one time where I arranged for us to meet with um, a homeopath at their office. Or when we arranged yeah. to like have a topic or have a, a lo- location, an off-site location. But as soon as it was at someone's house, everyone f- filled up. Yeah. Because the people want that one-on-one intimate connection yeah and that's what they want tanisha when she came the other day she wasn't going to come because she was fresh off of a birth Mm -hmm. she looked like she was just going to fall asleep in someone's arms the other day (laughs) but she knew that she needed that Mm -hmm. like i wanted to just plop her on the couch and hold her in my arms and play with her hair and say it's okay just take a nap (laughs) we got you all right we'll just like wake you up and time to go home that's right Mm -hmm. you don't have to say anything (laughs) sometimes you just need to fill your cup but everybody individual doulas individual doulas who are doing their work need to figure out a way to build this community. It's so important. And structured doula organizations also need to figure it out because they won't, sorry, it won't last. Mm-hmm. Or or it'll just stay stagnant. And nothing will move forward and there will be no progress. And then what's the freaking point? What's the point? Well, that's absolutely possible. It really, really is. So what's the point? That's I think when people are believing that brainwash, that all you need all is we social need media. Is Instagram. And oh, is Instagram. Jesus, no. And we all we need is to put more time into our social media. Our branding. We need to put more time into the time we spend on social media. We have to put more time into our message. It's like, no, maybe you need to put more time into you. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. you have to let someone else put some time into you. Um, and we talk about self care, but how about just community care? Come on yeah. back, honey. You know, yes, you can yes. lay on the couch and we'll you know, chill out and, and shoot the shit. Somebody and once some food at you. suggested this idea, which which sounded so lovely. Or you, um, I think, alluded to it too. Where on your way home from a birth, if you're super, super tired, what if you had like a list of like block parents? That's me. Yes. I have, I have block clients. School, and you can see there's a block parent over there. There's So you know, anything happens to you on your way home, you've got these houses to go to. On your way home, what if there was like a little, like a little, put, hang your a lantern out in the window? Yeah. And if you were tired, doula on your way home, come on in. You could just yeah. crash on our couch. Yeah. I'll give you a cup of tea. And you know, you, you can, can just sleep, lie here. Sleep for a couple hours I'll put and then friends go home. on the TV for you. you can <laughs> <laughs> I have no shame. I When I work with clients, I'm always there. They often say when we're at the hospital, they'll say, do you want to just go back to our place and crash since it's so late? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I say yes. 
But I also have, for all of my clients, I always say, can you put that in your back pocket for me? If one day I'm at a birth and I just cannot drive, can I come crash here? And everyone is always like, yes. Yes. And I've done it. I've gone to my You know what? I don't, I don't know if I'd ever ask that of my clients. I'm sure you would not. <laughs> I would absolutely yes. not. Yes. But I bet you they would all say yes. They, of course they yeah. would. Of course they would. Because yeah. now you are part of their community because you helped in yeah. that very important period of time yes. of growing their family. Yeah. And I have. I've crashed at my friends' houses. I've crashed at my sister's house. And I've crashed at my clients' houses. Mm-hmm. I had one time when, this was like so many years ago, when my washing machine broke and we had to get a new one and it didn't come. Like it was taking like weeks to actually be delivered. Mm-hmm. I had one client was like, hey, just bring, just bring your laundry yes. on over and you can, you know, we can have tea and you can do your laundry. I'm like... Thank you so much. But I'm no, good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, I'd yeah, be like, I'll be, I'll be over in 10 minutes. Leave the door open. Yeah. <laughs> I still had my mom that I was using her laundry. But I was like, whoa, yeah, like, thank you so much. I, yeah. I have, I've had, when I got my tattoos and I was looking for somebody to go with, and you actually went with me. Yeah. I had clients going, I'll come with you. Yeah. I have this, I have this boundary that I don't like to cross I have no boundaries. Yeah, I know. You have no boundaries. (laughs) I have some. More than you, but not as much as you. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I actually remember that. And I remember feeling a little bit surprised and gleeful that you asked me to come with you for your tattoo. Because I'm like, (laughs) that doesn't seem like a Kim thing to do. I'm there for it, man. Yes. Tell me when and where. Yeah. Yeah. I was very... I'm so glad that you did. Mm -hmm. um, Because I needed... I think I got through getting wrist tattoos because you doulaed me through it. <laughs> yeah. So doulas need to be doula too by other yeah, doulas. Exactly. So now we gotta swing that pendulum back. Like yeah. we gotta we gotta encourage others to swing the pendulum back to just make the first doula date. But isn't that it? If you like isn't that the whole idea of entrepreneurship as well? If it doesn't exist but you need it, create it. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. invention. Yeah. So if there's something out there within your community and it doesn't exist, fucking make it it yourself. But so many of them are not sitting in the knowledge yet. But so we're here to tell you, you need community. You need everything outside of your branding and your product and your service. You need to put it back into yourself. And so you look around you, write it down. It's as simple as putting the kettle on, opening your door and saying i'm here. Yep. Come. A lot of new doulas are obsessed with marketing. Marketing. How do I get new clients? How do I get new clients? How are you going to go to new clients if you don't have childcare? Yeah. How are you going to go to new clients if you don't have somebody to to back you up or or yeah. whatever? First, mm-hmm. first build your community. That's yeah. what i'm thinking in a sequence of events. First you need to have a way to do the work before you actually do the work. You can't go to a birth. What's the point of knowing that you've got five, you can get five, six, seven clients if you don't have a way to go because you mm-hmm. have no childcare or whatever your issue is, whatever the block is. Um, so you have to build that in to your business model. How are I, you going to do the work? I've always felt, and this is probably wrong, but I've always felt that the way I started in this business was very slow, very baby steps. Step by step, little by little, moving forward, getting support, talking to people, knowing where I was going to have childcare, knowing who was going to help me out, and then slowly getting further into it. Whereas nowadays it's like, you walk out of the thing, we've got a marketing plan, we got this, we got that, we're going to do it. It's like, 
slow down. Hold on a second here. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do that, it's very possible to get completely burned Burned out out so fast. If you aren't... Because, like, you can't suddenly you have five bursts and then you go to five bursts and you don't have... Do you have a game plan even? Not just of how to actually get to the birth. What are you doing after the birth? Mm -hmm. Do you have... Mm -hmm. How do you recover from that? Mm -hmm. Where is the closest burger place? Right? Like, you have to... You go to a birth and it's amazing. Great. That fuels you on to the next one and that fuels you on to the next one and that fuels you on to the next one, which is now suddenly traumatic. Now what do I do? Mm -hmm. So there has to be these little... I prefer myself for doulas to do it slowly. Mm -hmm. I think you get staying power. And I think we were almost, because of when it was, when we were starting in this business, we had to do it slowly. We didn't necessarily have an option because nobody knew what the fuck we were. But now so many people know what doulas are and they're seeking them out and that's great and I love it and it just empowers us all to work harder at this stuff. But you also have to remember there's there's very high burnout and turnover rate for new doulas who are either a not getting what they what they instantaneously want from from the birth community because mm-hmm. they're not getting those clients instantaneously, and or, then or they're just going too clients. hard too fast, and then you know five births in, and they're you know over there shaking in the corner, wishing yes. to God they were working at Shoppers Drug Mart <laughs> on the weekends like. Yeah. I've done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I would say that my the early part of my doula career wasn't slow. No, you got but but I was able to avoid burnout because I also had built in support, like we were saying at the meeting. Yeah. I did have my mom down the street, my sister down the street who was on mat leave and also dabbling with doing doula work. So I had that built in support network. I also had cousins who were stay at home moms. So at any time that I needed somebody to stay with my kids or watch the kids when I got back from a birth, I also had bigger kids who could stay with, entertain my little kids while I got an extra couple of hours sleep or, or whatever it was. Um, but that's a unique situation too. And I had that built in. I honestly don't know what I would have done if I didn't have Mm -hmm. That built in. Community. Yeah, like if I didn't have my mom down the street, if I didn't have um, a husband who could take time off um, when necessary, or I had been taking in kids in daycare, if and those parents were like, yeah, no problem. We don't have a problem if your husband watches the kids or if your mom watches the kids or whatever for a few hours to a day or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Like I had very helpful, supportive people who wanted me to succeed in this, and that mm-hmm. was and that was my community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. If I didn't have that community, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So, whatever that community is going to look like for you, it it has to be there. Yeah. Make that part of your marketing plan. Make yeah, it part of that your business has to building. Be part of your Create business building. Your community. Yeah. Yes. And we shouted out at the meeting. We talked about the dynamic doulas of London. Yes. Who are. Some, dynamic. They're, they're dynamic and they're <laughs> devoted listeners. So I know you're listening to this right now. They're awesome. And when you watch their Instagram store, Instagram stories, I swear to God, sometimes I'm like, oh, there's one of them, and then it and it flows seamlessly into the other. Another person is talking about her life and what she's doing, and it all kind of blends together. And I'm like, these guys are like together. Yes. And one of the things that they you get do, the feeling they. Listen, they haven't said they haven't asked me to plug no, them or anything no, of like that. Not. But just by watching the way that they move, the way that they roll is this. 
They've created their own community, yep. not just by being a doula collective, because I believe that they are a doula collective, that mm-hmm. they work together, but they actually reach out to the community and they host mom and baby groups in their homes. I don't know if they switch homes or how they do it, but I know that that's a big part of their business model mm-hmm. is reaching out to the the young families in the community and inviting them to say, hey, we're here, let's talk about stuff, or let's just talk about anything while our kids play and eat, drink tea, and eat toast, or whatever they eat. Because community and go matters. Home. Because community matters. And mm-hmm. I love it. I love it so much, and that I, I want something like that. And one of the doulas at the meeting yesterday was saying the same thing. She was She's working on her doula stuff, but at the same time, she needs something, so she created a mom and baby group. Yeah. With topics each week. And Did I she just, said that? At, who, yeah. Oh, I must have missed that one. But that's great. I think that's a fantastic... Because that's what she needed. Yes. Yeah. So she made it. Mm-hmm. And then as her kids get older, she'll still be running it, but it'll be because someone else needs it. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. she needs it just in a different way. She doesn't need it because she has little kids. She needs it because that's mm-hmm. her community. Mm-hmm. And she's keeping her foot in her community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. If Ooh, you we build are. it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. So they stop will. avoiding eye contact with people. Get off of Instagram. Give your fellow doula a shout. Show up at the coffee shop. Now you're shit. just going way too far. <laughs> Come on, Kim, you Don't can do it. Don't make me look at people in the face. <laughs> Start you with can how, do how it. am I a fucking doula? <laughs> how am I actually successful in this fucking business? I, know, I'm I hear terrible. that doulas are supposed to do yoga, but I, I don't do yoga. Doulas are supposed to do yoga? That's what I hear. That's like it's a, Let me tell you something. Doula, it's a good idea. Yogans. Yes, I've heard. It's a great idea, but My not everybody is. the least doula. Not doula anybody is into doing yoga like you i loved <laughs> yoga i still love yoga. i lost I'm constantly every single day trying to get back to yoga i lost 60 pounds after i had thomas mm-hmm. just doing weight watchers and yoga my, my cousin Cindy, same thing. Pounds. She she didn't do Weight Watchers, but she did yoga and yeah. just some. That was my that was my self that was my self care. Well, I don't know about um, weight loss or anything, but I just know that yoga is good for you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Remember, you challenged yourself, didn't you? To like sixty days of it or something. Well, and I bought a pass. That yeah. was the challenge. And you were going. How <laughs> to not waste going my money. Going was the challenge. How <laughs> to not waste my money. But you also told us that there was someone there who wasn't really there to do yoga, but she was. She took mindful time for herself the whole time she was well, in the yeah, class. Yeah, this woman, she when she was ready, she just stopped like halfway through class. She put the eye mask on and just lay down. Yeah. They had blankets and those bolster pillow things, and she just had a rest. And there was Respect. one particular class where she fucking just slept the whole time. Because <laughs> that was she, her time. Yeah. I, I, she was lying down when the class started, and I said, oh, she's just resting before the class starts. She didn't move. <laughs> At one point, I was kind of worried like, if she was if she was okay. But then the class. Hey, ended. Karen, you yeah. dead? Hello? Yeah, exactly. Sanka, Sanka, you dead? At the end of the class, she just like sat up and just stretched. <laughs> just you know, sort of like stretched her back a little bit and just rolled up her stuff and walked out. <laughs> like, bitch, you got this. Um, maybe that was the only hour that that woman got like oh. peace and quiet, and it was one of those lovely candlelight yoga classes mm-hmm. so it's it's evening and there's candles all around the room and you're doing gentle really really gentle yoga she just said i don't that's keep going i'm just gonna lie down here for <laughs> i'm just gonna rest oh yes oh, yoga is restorative i have gone straight to a yoga class i mean literally no i did go home and got my yoga mat from the one super duper emergency c-section that happened where there was a code called and everything and I left that 
birth and went immediately to a yoga class and then lay on that yoga mat at the end and bawled and bawled and bawled when my friend just sat beside me and let me bawl. And the yoga teacher just came over and said, stay as long as you want. I'm going to leave. And that was the best thing that she could do because she gave us the space. And yeah, and it was, it totally was a perfect way to work through that trauma. It really was. So yeah, I'm a big yoga fan. Do it if you, if you can. If, and if your mind races, it's okay. It doesn't, no, your mind isn't required to do anything. It's your <laughs> no, body that has to do the shit. And your mind will just follow along. So don't worry about it. Just, just stretch. Just stretch and let somebody tell you to breathe. That yeah. woman who went to sleep reminds me of what I do when my, my and I guess not self-care time. There's this dude on YouTube called Jason Stevenson, Australian dude. Uh-huh. And he does, um, because my brain races when I go to sleep, he does um, guided meditation. Okay. When I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah. So I started Jason. listening to him. Uh, guided meditation. And it, I know it looks crazy, okay? It's, it says like a three-hour guided meditation. And he's three not, hours. Three, and there's eight-hour music. So people who just need kind of like theta wave music while they're sleeping and shit. But there's also guided meditation. And it's like three hours of him. There's little breaks where he's not talking and stuff. And there's sounds in the background. But who's awake for three hours listening to him? Some people who really just can't get to sleep. I'm okay. never asleep for that. But it, if I were to come in and out of sleep for a little bit... And then he was gone. It feels really weird. The house seems, or the yes. room seems really empty. But it is terribly helpful if you are that person. That's I what can I fall use asleep in like for. I yeah, use calm I use stories. Calm stories. I never, yeah. stories. I never listen to. I never get to the end of the stories. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm always like, "Hi, this is Stephen Fry." <laughs> <laughs> and that's why. Did I you not buy it? Are you still yeah. listening to the lavender? No, no, no. One? I no. did. I did pay for it. I because they have the Anne of Green Gables one. Oh my God! Yes, they have yeah. the Anne of Green Gables. They have the Velveteen Rabbit. Yes, they that's have one Peter of my Rabbit favorites. and the Wind in the Willows. I listen to I all the like little the kid little. I don't know what it's like because I fall asleep. Well, there's the one with <laughs> after the, the second. There's sentence. the one Wind in the Willow Willows one. The second one where she sings. I, sings. Yeah, oh. I don't want to. I don't. Listen I don't to know that. about that. <laughs> I don't. Stop know. doing that. I never make it past. The first couple of sentences. Hi. Even like the Peter I'm Rabbit. I'm Yes. The Peter Rabbit ones. I get to the part where he introduces, and they ha- there was Flopsy, Mopsy, Flopsy. Cottontail, <laughs> and Peter. And then, now we go. Suzanne's gone. Yeah. <coughs> so those are my go to sleep things. Yeah. <clears throat> I love them. I can't sleep without them now. I know. It's I feel ridiculous. addicted. I'm, yeah. 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 So. So there you go. Those are our secrets. Get a community so, besides us. We get are, out there. We love community. being your community. Your we're online, part of it. Your podcast community. Yeah, we're a part of it. But you need like people with we flesh need. and bones and blood sitting in front of you, and we're not and it. Bones. We're, we're not. Just we're actually just disembodied body voices. That's right. Coming to you through your car stereo or your headphones mm, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <coughs> Got a tickle in my throat. Shut I need up, water. So. All right, you do that. You guys All right. Know. So that's an hour. So we're good. Um, and there's a person walking across my front lawn. I hate that. I want to go out there and be super mean. That's not very doula of you. I know. <laughs> I told you, I'm like the least doula doula. I'm I'm surprised I still have a membership card, quite frankly. And despite that, we want you to right. rate, review, and subscribe. Yes. Because we are still awesome. Um, do we have a story? Do you have a story? Oh yeah, I can pull up a story. All, All right. right. So can let's we take a break. Do- yeah. Absolutely. We'll be back.
right, so we're back. Woohoo! We it's birth story time. And we are on the trajectory of doing VBAC birth stories. Because so, nobody sends us anything. But all of my awesome Except VBAC the family. Awesome VBAC people. Yes, they are so happy to share their stories. So this is Baby Odin's Water Birth VBAC. Odin. 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 Baby god, Odin. Uh, Norse god Odin. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. and his mother's name is Autumn. Isn't that a pretty name? I love Autumn that as a name. Yeah, it is. Um, Autumn Brown. So, contractions started every 20 to 30 minutes around 12.30 to 1 a.m. on March 12th. Painful, uncomfortable, but doable <clears throat> with breathing and rocking on my hands and knees. So, obviously, this is a VBAC story, so she's had a previous cesarean section. Mm. I took a warm bath to help relax after not sleeping for a few hours and then went to bed. Woke up with my husband and daughter around 7.30 and started walking, drinking my red raspberry leaf tea and going about my day. Contractions increased to every 10 to 15 minutes with only a slight increase in pain. At about 10.30 to 11 a.m. we went out for brunch and I was regularly contracting still for 10 to 15, every 10 to 15 minutes. Increasing in intensity but doable, not moving but not moving made them worse. We then went home and relaxed a bit. I did some laundry, walked my stairs a bunch, and told my mom to come over once she was off work. At about 2.30, we went food shopping. I had to stop walking with the cart every 10 to 15 minutes or so due to the intensity. When we got home around 4 to 4.30, I would stop and rock through contractions, which were, have now moved to 5 to 10 minutes. And at 5.30 or 6, we were finally at that golden 5-1-1 rule that says we are on the cusp of active labor. While I could still talk through these contractions, I didn't want to, and I only wanted to breathe. At seven, we called our midwives who came to the office and checked out what was going on, and we would go from there. The drive offer sucked. It was rough to say the least. I couldn't talk. I had to breathe and moan through the contractions. We got to the office and she checked me, and I was only one centimeter dilated. Sorry, no mm -hmm. effacement yet either. Mm. We agreed to go home and rest and sleep and check in again later. She gave me some sleeping meds as well to help ease the contractions and allow me to get a bit of rest while my body did the work. We got back home around 9 and I took another warm bath. Hallelujah. I have to tell you guys, I lived in my bathtub. Mm -hmm. um, I took my sleeping meds and laid down. At around 2 a.m., I just couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't sleep through these contractions and they were only getting stronger. I tried taking another bath, which did not help at all. I told my husband I couldn't do it and wanted to go to the hospital and get pain meds. I just couldn't do this pain. We called the midwives again, who said, come to the office, get checked, and then we'll head over as needed. When we got there I got, and I got checked, I was now five centimeters, and it was time to head over to the hospital. We went over and were admitted at 3.10 a.m. on March 13th. We ever so slowly, in between contractions, made our way to the birthing room, where a bed and a big birthing tub were waiting. My midwife was there about five minutes after we arrived as the L&D nurses placed my HEPLOC and set me up on the wireless monitors. It was probably about five contractions before they began, start, before they began filling the tub for me. My husband helped me put on my sports bra and then went to change into his swim trunks. One of the other midwives and their assistants showed up and jumped right in to make sure there was water and ice chips for me to drink and helped me get in get in in between contractions. I labored in the tub for another three hours before finally feeling our boy's head literally in my pelvis and in my vagina. The contractions now changed from unbelievably painful to feeling like I had to poop mm. and get him out. I felt a pop with the next contraction and that was when my midwife told me 
that was your water. You are, you are amazing and you are so close now. She had encouraged me to feel down below after the next few contractions because I was in so much pain and was screaming through them that I couldn't do it. In the next break, I reached down and in barely a fingertip, there was our baby boy's head. Wow. I really was so close. How could I give up now, especially after working so hard and being so close? After an hour of pushing with these contractions and changing positions a few times, I finally ended up squatting, facing my husband, still in the tub with my midwife supporting me under the arms. Push, breathe, you're so close. I can see his head. He's almost here, my husband said. I could see the excitement on his face, but I was holding back. It burned, and I could feel myself, little tears happening. (laughs) Push. I could feel him almost out. I felt like there was one more pop and he'd be here. Breathe. Push. I reached down and felt his head as I pushed one last time, and out he came into my hands. And then I felt his little hands come out and grab mine as I found his shoulders and he slid out. My midwives quickly pulled a little bit of the leftover bag off of his face as my husband and I pulled him out of the water and into my arms. We were done. The pain was gone and all that was left was pure joy and this sort of ecstasy. My boy was born at 7.29 a.m. weighing 8 pounds, five, or eight pounds 2 ounces. We stayed in the tub for another 5 minutes or so just holding him and loving this moment. My husband cut the cord once it stopped pulsing, got out of the tub with our boy so that I could get up, deliver the placenta, and get out. From there, it was just love. I went to the bed and snuggled our boy skin to skin as the midwives assessed the damage down below. My husband took the baby again to be weighed as the midwives began to stitch me up. I had a first-degree perineal tear and one stitch on each inner labia for minor tearing. What I felt through while pushing was a scratch between the the majority, the major and minor labia that burned. After our boy was weighed, he was placed back on my chest immediately and he latched right on for nursing. We were left alone to recover for about an hour and a half before slowly moving over to our room in the mother baby unit. I can't explain how kind and supportive the hospital staff was, how much everyone loved that not only did I get my V back, but I got a water birth V back, totally unmedicated. Everything went as planned. My mom was there. My best friend, our photographer, drove an hour in the middle of the night in the snow to come and capture this. Mm-hmm. No one ever doubted me, not once. I'm still on such a high from it all, and I'm sure I'm missing parts that I should be mentioned, but all I can do is be amazed and happy and so in love. In love with my baby, my birth, my midwives, my support team, my husband. I'm so excited to see photos that were taken and to relive it. I will post this video of right after, and every time I watch it, I can't help but cry with happiness. Now, thankfully, that is, well, that is the end of Autumn's story. Mm-hmm. Autumn has also given us permission to share the video and to share the pictures. Mm-hmm. So when I can get these downloaded, we will get those uploaded as well mm-hmm. for our listeners to take a look at. You can post Beautiful. those to the Facebook. Facebook. I can post those yeah. to the Facebook. Yes, I can. Cool. Awesome. That was an amazing story. Thank it you was. so much. Thank you, Autumn. I think one of the so key things a... there is nobody doubted her, and she didn't doubt herself. So she didn't have any little niggling thing in her head going, somebody saying, oh, no, I don't know if you can, can do, do this. Oh, We're only going to give you, you till this should time. Should you go so yeah. with, so, so that's a V-back water birth. Would that be a W-V-back or a V-back W? How's that? What's the acronym for that one? Well, it was at the hospital, so it is a V-back, so it's just generally called a V-back water birth. Some people say 
the WBAC, VBAC Water Birth. Vaginal Water Birth. Vaginal Water Birth after cesarean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know there's an HVBAC, like a yeah. home, home, VBAC. home VBAC. I just call that an HVAC. Home Birth after H-back. cesarean. Or true. vaginal birth after Yes, because it's the vaginal birth is assumed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. True, true, true. Okay. Uh, let's hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Oh, well, thank excellent. you for listening. And uh, please remember to rate, review, <clears> and subscribe. <throat> send us your stories. Send us your doula hacks. Send us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Send us your doula hacks. Yeah. I can't yeah. What do what you do at do. a birth to make things easier? Yeah. What do you rig up? What do you do for yourself or yeah, your clients? For yourself. Yeah. How do you get comfortable sitting in an office chair at a birth where you're mm-hmm. sleeping, having to sleep for <laughs> six hours? Or here's a question that somebody had asked recently. When you go to a birth, do you bring a book? Do you feel like it's okay to read during those quiet moments when maybe your clients are sleeping? Do you feel it's okay for doulas to bring a book to read? What kind of reading material is appropriate? Or do you feel that you would prefer to like leave and go have a nap in your car or in the waiting room? Let us know your opinion about that. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. All All right. right. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you.